0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Good morning, you guys. I see some new faces. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Crystal Stotzenberger. I'm one of the many people that serve here at the heart. And you may have been expecting Dom today, but he is out celebrating his 15th anniversary with his wife, Amber. Yeah, you can give it up for that. Has anyone here been married longer than 15 years? You can even do a little. Oh, nice. Look, so we'll tell Dom and Amber. We got some pros in the room and we can give them some tips a little bit later. But you guys, I am excited about Today, I've been um, praying for you. I've been praying for this community. We're in a special series called So Cliche, as you can see on the screen behind me. And this has been so much fun because last week, Dom talked about how The phrase, everything happens for a reason, can weigh down the intentionality behind our words, right? And so he challenged us to be intentional with what we say, with what we do. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about this Sunday, and the thought that came to mind for me was, why is that so hard? why is it so difficult for us to say what we mean or why is it so difficult sometimes to be vulnerable with what we actually want to ask each other and so today i want to remind us as we're talking about this cliche and i'll I'll give you exactly what the what the phrase of that is here in just a little bit but this is what i want us to be reminded of cliches are not inherently wrong Right? It's when we continually repeat these phrases and it causes disconnection or disengagement. That is when they can be damaging. There's a missed opportunity for connection when we say a cliche just to kind of about-face away from a conversation. And I'm going to be vulnerable, and I'm going to share a story with you, and I really don't want to because you might think differently of me after this story, but I'm going to share it anyways. Here we go. So, I was in the military for six years um, in the Air Force, I went in at 18 um, and then got out six years later, and then after that I was debating if I wanted to start my master's degree or if I wanted to go to cosmetology school. And, which one do you think most people told me to do? master's degree. Yeah, and that was all, no thank you. So I went to cosmetology school in San Diego and it was a blast. I was around all these young people and it was just so much fun. And in school there were these two areas that you could be a part of. There was the main area in school where um, it was like the, the class, but then you could try out for this side. It was like an honors side where you could cut hair and book your own clients and it was like you were a real stylist. So I tried out For this side, and I started working on the honor side. Now, the thing that was difficult about that was, and very cool. They had these blow dryers that came down from the ceiling, but it was so loud you could hear nothing. Like, And just a tip, if you're going to get your hair done and they're using a blow dryer, that is not the time to spill the tea or the sorrow because they can't hear you, Um, right? Whenever you're telling my story, they're probably going, oh, yeah, that's awesome. So here I am. I'm cutting this guy's hair. And we're in California, so he's got the swoop. Um, He's got a lot of hair. So I'm cutting his hair, and he starts to tell me a story about a trip that he had just taken and so he's telling me the story there's blow dryers it's like a Beyonce video in there I can't hear a word he is saying and he's telling me the story and I'm like oh yeah that's amazing oh wow how cool and then he stops and he grabs my hand and he says did you hear what I said and I was like yeah you went on a trip and he was like to my dad's funeral and so here I am Telling him how amazing it is that he just went on this trip. Guess what I said? I'll be praying for you. That is exactly what I st- said. And then we did not talk for the next 10 minutes. I walked him out. We did not say a word. What I really wanted to say is that is so tough. How are you? How are you feeling? But I didn't. I used a cliche that allowed me to kind of get out of a uncomfortable situation, right? There was this situation where I was unraveling but too afraid and paralyzed with wrestling with what actually to say. And I imagine you've been there before or you've just been on the other side of that. Maybe you've been through a divorce or you're moving or... You're getting a promotion, and you're nervous to leave, or you're an empty nester all of a sudden. Have you ever had a moment where maybe you were on the other side, where you were talking to someone, and you just really needed to pray? You needed prayer. And they asked you, how are you doing? And you just said, will you just pray for me? And then they asked you, what for? And you were all, no, thank you. Just, just pray for me. There's this space that we can step into with vulnerability, but it's very difficult. So I'm going to be talking about that today, and I'm going to be sharing from my two favorite Bs, the Bible, and this book by Brene Brown. She is a shame researcher, and she talks a lot about connection, and courage, and compassion. And so when I was thinking about that for us, I really started to think about the fact that it's that courage. And compassion that leads to the connection but can be so difficult and the thing that we have to remember about that is people suffer the most when they experience the disengagement and the distance that can be so disheartening and we don't do it on purpose right if someone is sharing something with you that is difficult you're not saying I'll pray for you or everything happens for a reason or Whatever else we come up with, you're not saying that to be unintentional, but that moment can be awkward if we don't project this ability to be brave and afraid at the exact same time. And we see that in a couple of stories in the Bible where that extension is there, and there's this immense connection that happens. So first, before we dig into the scripture and the story, I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about what I discovered in this book first, Um, this book by Brene. There's this portion where she talks about connection, and I want to read this quote to you. It says, The wholehearted journey is not the path of least resistance. It's a path of consciousness and choice. And to be honest, it's a little counterculture. The willingness to tell your stories, feel the pain of others, and stay genuinely connected in this disconnected world is not something we can do half-heartedly. To practice courage, compassion, and connection is to look at life and the people around us and say, I'm all in. I was thinking about that with this community. There's so many opportunities that are created here, space that is made for that type of connection. And I've been in this community for about five years, and I can tell you with full transparency and honesty that that is still very difficult. Even when I have friends and family around me that choose to practice that wholehearted living, it is still so difficult. It's still difficult to be honest with the anxiety that we're feeling or if we're having a really difficult time in our marriage to come forward with that and to be honest and it's difficult to know what to say on the other end. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that position where it's just difficult and you wrestle with the words on what to say? I find myself there very often. And in this book that Brene has, there's this concept of choosing intentionality, and it's what Dom challenged us with last week. And she talks about how in those moments, when someone is sharing something, or they're in a vulnerable space, how we can choose to ask questions. But more importantly, we can choose just to let them know that they're not alone. It's this difference between empathy and sympathy. The difference between saying, I've been there and you're not alone, versus poor you. And that's one of the extensions that we see in this story of Jacob that we're going to dig into here in just a minute. That's the vessel and the sense of belonging that people can have when they step into a real connection, a real relationship. That's what I appreciate so much about the heart. You can walk through the doors, and there's this space where you can just be as you are. It's whenever we find intentional relationships, that's when they're formed, when we're brave enough to practice that courage, compassion, and connection. I want to read this scripture to you. Now, this is in the book of Matthew, and before I read it, I just want to tell you, I'm gonna be reading out of the Message Bible. There are many different versions of the Bible that you can look into. There's the King James Version, there's the Passion. This is the Message, and this particular Bible is giving us the rhythm and the tone of Scripture. It's not a word-for-word translation in the Greek, right? But it's giving us the essence of the Scripture. And in this one portion in Matthew, this is what it says. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk. My friend told me that means religious talk. Saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it. Oops. Or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace and making your speech sound more religious it becomes less true just say yes and no when you manipulate words to get your own way you go wrong that part was a little difficult to read for me right because last week Dom was talking about this essentially he's talking about saying what we mean and for me when I think about that portion, I think about the other person on the other end. And that often stops me with what I'm saying. I think about their feelings. I think about saying something that I think they may want to hear. That's my two ness on the Enneagram. And so for me, that's what I found. But here's the importance of that, and here's what Matthew is trying to teach us that the weight of our words matter. It's like when we say yes to go to a party that we really don't want to go to and then we show up and we're not present. Um, I don't know about you guys but that's like every introvert's nightmare is to say yes and then go and there's all these people and you didn't want to be there anyways. Now I think it's good to step outside of your comfort zone now and again but It's saying yes to something that we really want to say no to, or it's not being congruent with a belief that we have, but going along with the crowd for the sake of it. So Matthew is saying, say what you mean. And there's this story, and I did not plan originally to share this particular story with you guys. I had a different one in mind that I wanted to share today. That was a really good illustration Of this phrase I'll be praying for you but what I decided to do is share the story with you anyways because here's what happened on Monday the story popped into my mind and I was all no that is not the one but it kept popping into my mind and so I decided that this is the one I wanted to share with you all to give you a little context though typically whenever I share a story out of the Bible, I'll research the historical context and go through it and try to study it so that I can relay that message within the story. And this particular one didn't really parallel to what we're talking about today, but the more that I thought through it, the more that I do feel it's an illustration of this concept. And that's the beautiful and dangerous thing about the Bible right we can read a story we can hear a message and it can speak to us in many many different ways and so this particular story is about Jacob. Um, It's in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And at this point, there's a lot. This story is juicy. There's so much in here. I encourage you to go read it for yourself, um, to go listen to some YouTube videos and see what you think about it. But in this particular story, we find Jacob alone. So I'm going to read this to you. It says, But during the night, he got up and took his two wives. His two maidservants and his eleven children—that is a lot of work—and crossed the ford <laughs> of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook, along with all his possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob, as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. Can you imagine? The man said, let me go, it's daybreak. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. That's a lot of courage. The man said, what's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer, your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, which means God wrestler. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Jacob asked, and what's your name? And the man said, why do you want to know my name? And then, right then and there, he blesses him. This story of Jacob wrestling God is so beautiful to me because with this wrestling can come a blessing, but also with the wrestling can come the risk of a wound, right? And that's what happens in relationship. When we choose to wrestle, it can be the making or the remaking of that relationship. Jacob wasn't afraid. Maybe he was. I would have been. But he made this choice to be courageous that wasn't jacob's typical nature if you read in a couple of chapters before jacob was known as a a trickster in fact his brother esau was actually coming to take revenge on him for um jacob stealing his birthright in a couple of chapters before He basically cheated his way through many things, but in this moment, he chose to be courageous. He chose to be vulnerable. And when I think of the imagery of wrestling, there is this closeness that happens in that. There is this closeness that can happen when we're vulnerable in relationship, even if we're wounded. There's a strength that takes place. The second thing that I saw in this is the newness that came from this choice. Jacob was renamed Israel. Now, Jacob, that name, back in the day, way back in the day, names were very significant. Um, each name meant something very specific. And Jacob, some commentary, it talks about how it means at the hill. He came after Esau. And he had always been in this place of rejection, and here God renames him this name of God wrestler. There's a newness that takes place in the midst of the wrestling. I love that because whenever I was reading this story, I was also thinking about the chapter before. Remember how I talked about his brother Esau was making his way to get revenge on Jacob? So what Jacob had actually done is he sent all of these gifts to Esau to try to make peace. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that because when I think of why I typically extend in I'll be praying for you, it's because I'm not sure what to say, but it's also because I'm trying to extend some sort of peace in the midst of that wrestling, or some sort of comfort for that person or myself. But I'm not actually saying what I want to say. So in this moment, Jacob is waiting, and we see in a couple of other chapters, Future forward, once he wrestles with God, he actually goes out in front, and he meets his brother Esau, and they reconcile. Go read the story. It's awesome. But I was thinking of that for you and for me, and I was thinking about that for this whole entire series. And I wonder what that could look like for us. I wrote this down for you today. Wrestling with what to say is not a sign of weakness, but it can be a first step into wholehearted connection. I don't want to be a friend of cliches. I don't want to be a friend that's afraid to ask you, how are you really? Like, how's your soul? I want to be a friend that will sit by you in the wrestling. I want to be a friend that will sit by you in the wounds. Of addiction or recovery or divorce I want to be a community where we can choose that courage and compassion and connection I'm so thankful for what we get to do here one of my friends earlier he uh, was talking about how you can take these cliches and just move one little word and it changes everything he used the phrase, I'll pray for my church, I'll pray for my friends. And then he was talking about how he replaced that with love, right? Because a lot of times when we do things like pray, what we're really trying to do and what I think through what it could look like, prayer is we're trying to show love, it's not necessarily for the result. We're trying to show love. So, my hope for us today is that through this series, we can choose to wrestle. Dom challenged us last week with being intentional with our words, and this week I want to challenge you to be awkward and wrestle in communication. Maybe that's with your spouse or your friend. I want you to be deliberate in what you're actually trying to ask them. If you want to know how they need help, ask them. If they choose not to say, sit by them. We see all these stories of Jesus coming alongside people in really difficult times. Not trying to shift where they were, but just being there beside them. I've always appreciated that about this community. You don't have to be fixed You don't have to make these shifts in your life. We just want to be right here beside you. We don't step away from the cliche of what you typically think of when you think of church community. Now, I know that's not true for everyone. Some of you in the past have been a part of incredible church communities. But there are many of us who are trying to step into a space to just be who we are. And that's what I'm hoping for for you today. Will you guys pray with me? Father, I thank you for whole hearts and brokenness. God, I thank you for the permission to be vulnerable, to wrestle with the wounds of ourselves and others. God, I pray that you would extend courage and compassion and connection in this community. I pray that we would be a people who choose to be present with one another. I thank you for these messages that provoke thought, encourage us to engage. And most of all, God, I thank you for your spirit being right beside us. It's in your precious name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning, where we have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.